criticism of Cox. He can go on the night for third. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to bang on about the Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scotty. Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. Look, it's been a long time since I've done our main main show. So uh, mm-hmm. it's been uh, – so please excuse I – I, uh, for the first time, decided to get COVID. Uh, I didn't decide, but I got it. Um, oh, no, it just that happened. So I'm um, all back uh, back to uh, normal health, so that's good. So, look, uh, what we wanted to do, um, we wanted to have a show because we know the there's been a lot of movement at the club and they've still got to announce the CEO soon and, and we've seen a really Im- – a really encouraging kind of list of, of development coaches being added and, and a lot of things have been going on. Now, within that, uh, we know that with the AGM coming up, there's uh, directors to be finalised uh, and Andrew Welsh uh, and Amua is is the current directors that are up for election. Uh, so it's a, it's a voting. We encourage all members to vote, have your say. Uh, there are other candidates... Um, uh, sorry, I should know this off the top of my head, but we are, do have, I think, um, another candidate on next week, actually. So, okay, yeah, so we'll, we'll try and get as, uh, I guess, as much information to you as possible. But who do we have on today, Grant? Mate, we've got 162 game, a legend of the uh, the back line, mostly the back line of the Essendon Footy Club, Mr. Andrew Welsh, um, a guy that's gone from 162 games at the club um, thought he might become the next George Clooney and almost did in Hollywood. So went over to the States for a brief period, um, came back, was a was a boundary rider, I remember, on um, Channel 7 for a good period of time. Then just decided just one day to go and buy himself a whole suburb. Um, so he's he's a, a, a very <laughs> successful, do. yeah, as you do, a very successful uh, property developer. He's had another business before that, which I, um, which I understand was uh, the hiring of equipment as well. Um, so yeah, Andrew Welsh, um, the former footballer, the current businessman, and up for election on for the Essendon uh, board, joins us tonight in a in a great interview. So, yeah, so we it, the interview actually goes for about 46, 47 minutes. So it's uh, again, it's a, it's another one where you pinch some more time from the <laughs> from them. So uh, yeah, I think um, hopefully we ask questions that represented uh, you guys. Uh, your concerns and, and where we want things to go with the club. So he he was really open, very forthright. So uh, look, it's a actually it's a fantastic interview if I if I can um, credit our own show. But it was it was and, and I think we can. <laughs> and I think we can. So it, it was uh, he was in fine form, and and his answers his answers for me gave you a lot of comfort around. Andrew Welsh being a director at the football club. Um, But also too, more widely, the club listing right now. I mean, the club has never just, has never stopped listing to the fans and or um, the other Mm. important elements of the Essendon footy club, right? (laughs) To to a point. I mean, yeah, but I I guess, like you said, under, under previous leadership, the focus was the, the majority of the focus was elsewhere. And I think you'll hear in the interview from, from Andrew that they acknowledge that 
right? They're not, no one's going to sort of speak ill of previous administration. They're just not going to do it. Um, but the focus um, has been more on the finances and the corporate world. And that's got us to where we are financially. It's going to allow um, the big red fire engine to throw some cash around for trading and that sort of stuff, which is all fabulous. But I am very glad to hear, and you can hear in the tone in his voice, and we could see him on Zoom, that the club really understands that the membership base and the community around the Essendon Footy Club is of vital importance for them to reestablish long-lasting and important links with. So I think that was a real key theme from this interview as well. Exactly. So, look, we won't we won't keep you much too long, though. So, look, uh, we, you're here for Andrew Welsh. Uh, so, look, after the break, we'll start the interview. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Well, tonight um, we have another incredible guest on the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Um, 162 game, 32 goal, um, former Caldy Callens, um, Essendon Bomber, and now founder of Welco, uh, Mr. Andrew Welsh. G'day, Welshie. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me on. I have a bit of a yarn. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Welshie, mate, uh, I'm, we're so wrapped to have you on. Uh, we're, you know, we're in our... We're in our 40s, so you, we were kind of the generation that saw you come through and, and you know, we're, we're definitely going to ask a line in the sand my game question, just so you know, because uh, I'm intrigued about what what your thoughts on that because I remember a little bit of, of you and uh, McPhee having, a, <laughs> having some fun. fun. Um, but, yeah, look, first of all, we're absolutely just thrilled as fans to have you on. We loved you as a player. Um, I think that kind of... Whenever, whenever Essendon fans talk about that kind of decade, you know, it always comes up. Welshie, Solomon, Harwick, you know, that kind of, uh, and Johnson's. Uh, so that that's what really what we loved to see, just the hardness. So we're really excited about uh, the news that you became a director recently. Uh, so can you just start off with say how that came about and, and what the thought process was behind that? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, look, well, obviously my... Playing days were, were very enjoyable. I can't lie to you fellas and, and tell you that uh, you know, I kicked a thousand goals and come runner-up in Brownlow medals and stuff. There's too many stats around these days that uh, <laughs> some of the older older players can uh, bend the truth a little bit, but, but I'll get pinned on it. So I, I can't do that, but thank you for the kind words. And um, look, the, the board position for me was, um, you know, at, at – this time of my life was never really something that I was aspiring to achieve um, and something that I was in pursuit of. But I suppose looking at the club and where it was um, overall um, and some of the changes that were, were underway at the club, um, I caught up with a, a few of the um, the directors that were coming off the board and they really encouraged me to to, to go forward um, with, with the board. I had met a number of people on the board currently and, and they were saying the same that um, they think it would be really valuable if, if I joined um, the board for a, a variety of reasons, obviously football first and foremost, but um, I'd had the ability to step away from football 
um, a football club environment for the best part of 10 years um, and build build a, a couple of businesses, be involved um, with the media through that period as a special um, commentator with um, both on radio and TV. So um, for me, it was about the club saw that there was a need for my skill set to come on mm-hmm. um, and help provide stability and some direction moving forward. So that was something I couldn't turn down. And, um, you yeah, know, it's only been... Oh, probably a couple of months now um, that I've actually been on the board and thoroughly enjoying it, to, to be honest. I'm um, really enjoying being back part in the official capacity of the club and really seeing some of the, the changes and, and decisions we need to make in a really challenging period over the last couple of months really start to come through already um, in some of those short-term um, pieces that we, we, we've implemented post the, um, the review that, that EY did. Can I ask, just sorry, can I just ask quickly, um, I don't want to go too much on 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 historical stuff, but I, I'm just going to get it out of the way. When you've watched Essendon, I guess the last, you know, probably decade, you would say where it's had a, a really rough ride of things it, it, uh, for various reasons. H- how have you, as a former player, seen that? Um, and is that something like, say, what's happened this year with with how the boys? A lot of people thought they may come on from the previous year. It just didn't happen. We've probably had a bit of a roller coaster kind of club where it's we either finish squeeze into the eight or we're kind of toward more towards the twelfth uh, position, and we just haven't got to that next level. Have you, as a former player, kind of seen that? And is is that part of that where you kind of got? a little bit of an emotion behind it and going, no, I, I remember this club being for something different and, and I really need to get in. I want to get in there and, and start putting things in place. Yeah, totally, Scott. And I think um, probably the frustrations like all supporters is um, we're showing signs of progression, but then, you know, we'll take one step forward and numerous steps backwards. And I think we've got uh, one of the most exciting pieces. We've got, we've got a, a brilliant young list um, mm. back within the club and, I think the areas that we've been really excited about when we've been watching the team over the last decade, we've had some terrific young players, but um, for whatever reason, they haven't been able to consistently show the potential and growth to actually build a good football team. And they've been come out and played terrific game or terrific couple of games in a row, but haven't been able to sustain that. And that's because um, one of the areas that come out in the review was just around a real robust development program. And, and we've been winning games or having good periods really on talent, um, not on um, good method of football, consistent um, development programs um, yeah. and real support around the group. So that for me was a real, probably one of the real frustrations is we'll, as a club, we would see a couple of good performances from a team and think, oh, it's all great. We're, we're on the right track here. Um but then we'll, we'll, we'll fall backwards um, significantly, um, which is what happened clearly uh, this this season towards the end. And um, now, I think with what we're looking at from real investment in the development program for for, for men and and the women's teams, um, that we're really setting ourselves up to have sustainable growth and sustainable um, football teams across the whole business. Um, yeah, and, and with that comes its its challenges as well. Um, in being able to, you know, you've clearly got soft cap that we need to be working through and you've got all these other challenges that we're looking to invest in a development program that is 
one that's great for the players there, but also one that's going to be a real attractor for future players to come to our club that they know that we have got the best development program within the competition. Um, and if you're looking to um, reach your heights that you want to as a footballer, be it male or female, Essendon Football Club is the place that you want to be playing your footy and getting that development into you. So um that's what I'm most passionate about and most excited about, that the club's embracing that um, and allowing those changes to happen very quickly and getting that structure in place. I must admit, Andrew, when we saw that announcement came out, uh, that came out from the club about the development, um, the investment in the development, um, a dedicated uh, resource in that area and a clear focus from the board down um, through the coaching panel and the like in that investment. And again, we, we, we will speak about the men's and women's team in the same sort of breath. Um, that's really encouraging from a fan's point of view, right? Guys, it, it's, it's, I've often thought Scott and I have the same opinion and a lot of our friends and uh, that uh, we speak to on the um, Facebook page and the like, we, we see we've got good talent. We've got Nick Cox who's sitting there, who's seven foot five, who can do anything on a, on a field. We've got um, Joe Jones in the forward line who's coming through. We've got Peter Wright who's just hit um, third gear in my opinion. I reckon he's got another one to go for. So that kind of development is really um, uh it's great that it was identified and a decision has been made quickly to address that area. My my main question is, and it, it maybe maybe it's just the development piece, but my main question to you is, when you when you caught up with some of the older um, or the departing directors, um, and you've now been in with the club for a small amount of time, what what are the main differences? And maybe maybe it's at a board level. What what are the main differences and focuses for the club from? What the uh, the guys that are leaving were doing to this new president and new board members? Yeah, it's a good question, and I look at um, you know the the previous board and some of the decisions made, and you know, navigated through COVID commercially tremendous, like yeah. tremendously well. The club commercially is in a fantastic position, but you know they they got dealt um, decisions that needed to be made, as I said, around soft cap decisions from the football department that were enforced on them from the AFL. So. Um, so I look at you know things like the VFL program um, that that was severely hit through COVID and pullback in spend um, um, from 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 the AFL and COVID and everything that that presented. So that that wasn't a poor decision. That was the byproduct of an impact that COVID presented. And now our focus coming in, we've still got challenges that we need to continue to work through from um, you know from a funding perspective with soft cap and you know what you can do within each of the departments and but we got a big focus on our VFL program because that for me, I look at VFL is our university um, for yeah. our future AFL team. And it's not to be looked at as a, a program that it's oh no, I'm going back to the VFL as a negative. Um you're in the VFL program where you're going to be getting the best development for your long-term career um, than any other club um, within the competition, and that's what we're looking to build. Uh, so that's where we're sitting now as a club moving forward with the investment that we're making, the decisions. It's not that poor decisions were made. It was that COVID presented some scenarios that were very challenging to navigate through, um, and the board at the time did the best that they could now. We're coming out post that, and the board – and myself have got a real focus on development, commercial, of course, um, mm. but development um, across the whole organisation, whether it's players, whether it's our people, our staff who've been fantastic um, through COVID and the commitment that they've shown, um, we want to make sure that everyone within the organisation is getting 
the proper development um, for whether it's commercial, whether it's football, whether it's coaching. Um, we want to make sure that that's across the organisation. And just one quick supplemental question. Um, the development of the players, that's that's great. You'll have the staff that will be there to, to assist with that. Does that mean uh, any sort of spend that's been allocated? I don't suppose you can tell me the exact spend that's been allocated, <laughs> um, but for facilities as well. Um, is the, um, the hangar going to be um, sort of... Uh, um, grown at all to match that to the development piece? Yeah, well, the the hangar and and to be to be totally honest, I hadn't really been to the hangar before until I joined the board. Um, and I'm blown away by um uh, the amenity that the the hangar yeah. had. Um, you know, it, it's it's you know through through the review, there's different things around the club that we can make it feel more more welcoming and warm for our supporters and and our our sponsors and and the club itself. But I think the the hangar's got all. That it needs to be able to deliver a great football yep. program. Um, I, I don't think it needs anything else, in in my view, from an investment perspective. Um, you know what I'm looking forward to seeing is you know Windy Hill come back to life from a, you know, a VFLW, AFLW, VFL men's, and 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 what that facility can really do to, um, and the crossover of the facilities do to really ingrain that history um, and storytelling back into the current playing groups of why. We are such a great club and powerful club, and people say, "Oh, that's that's old news." I, I don't agree. It's part of it's part of the narrative of who we are as Essendon people, um, and I think players really appreciate that um, yeah. and, and really do um, take that into account of the history within the Essendon Footy Club. Andrew, we were talking before just about recognizing that we have quite a, a very young list. Uh, coming through, and I know I'm just isolating the men's program, um, and obviously the inaugural year with the the women's has gone, I think as well as as we, we kind of hoped as a, as a foundation, uh, yeah. So it's felt like a really good foundation with the women's program, but I guess with the men's program, something we've been discussing this year on the podcast is, uh, sometimes I find development is twofold. So you've got your skills and that sort of thing, but on the other side, our 27 and older is really scarce. Like our, so our leadership for me on the field and when I'm watching as a fan or a member, uh, you feel like there's a bit of a golf, like with just that kind of voice and leadership around the ground. You know, you, obviously you could talk about the Collingwood ending games and all that sort of thing, but uh, just it's just something that I, I felt like, gee, I wonder if the club's going to invest in actual leadership programs like for the McGraths and Langfords and – the, that ton of that kind of key 25 26year old group that's come through and just to make, take the club forward um, to just to set standards to to guess all these young kids below them um, and and I think you sense they've got the will to do it but I'm just wondering if that's something that's been discussed internal about how do we get them leadership to another level absolutely um, and you look at you know, you, you look at let's let let's take the number one, the benchmark of the competition, the premiers, Geelong, and you look across their list at the experience that they have out That's there. Crazy. We, yeah. we, we we have to we have to top up experience through assistant coaches and development coaches off the field because we we just don't have the amount of on field leaders that these other clubs do have. But if we have the right development leadership programs off the field, building to a point in time that we have. 10 coaches out on the field because those leaders out there understand how to lead on the field, understand exactly what's needing to be happened from a game plan, are totally comfortable that the that the coaching team has got, the coaches, the coaches have got 
um, their full support in what they're trying to do out on the field. That takes time to bring those groups through. But if I look at um, some of the more experienced players like a Dyson Heppel, um, a Dylan Shield, um, for those guys, they've still got on-field development that we're in- investing in as well. Like Dylan Shield, fantastic contested ball um, winner. Let's make him the best in the competition. Like how can we really promote um, those strengths within those players? But equally, give them the skills and the, and give them the skills to know where we are from a list um, and and what we need to be seeing from those guys is real leadership around teaching um, and and helping a really talented younger group build over these next few years to get us into a really compelling window to be you know um, continuous challenges up up the top of the ladder. So. Um, it's about nurturing that young talent, teaching that young talent, um, while we're also investing in the experienced guys' um, own game and making them better on field as well. Yep. Any chance of um, a former backline player for the Essendon uh, team chucking on a jumper and helping them out there, Welshie, with a bit of uh, experience? Uh, <laughs> doing doing two jobs, director and helping out in the backline? If, if you're talking about me, I don't think there's a jumper big enough these days. So oh, come, on now, come on now. <laughs> I'm quite happy just playing a, a supportive role <laughs> with uh, the experts that are in place and, uh, and helping out wherever needed. But it it would, it would be a very disappointing um, comeback if, if people saw me roll out on a footy field. One, Mate, what, what, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Scotty. I was going to say, one, just one thing, um, Andrew. Uh, obviously, you're brand new as a director, so this is not discussing your historical time, but something that – uh, when we've reached out to members, we've asked, you know, what what are your concerns? Uh, and so, you know, I've, and I've provided this just recently to to the club as well. So they're, they're really, to all their credit, they're really appreciative of it um, and, and really responding well. So that was good. So one thing was, was there was a felt like there was a disconnect between the membership and the club. And so... And, you know, just small examples of, of people saying, look, when I go to the hangar, I actually feel like people are staring at me. Like I don't feel like it feels like it's a corporate club. Uh, if I just go to the cafe or something and I feel I feel a bit funny about it, I, I don't feel as welcome when I'm watching. If I go to watch training, there's not one seat available. I have to sit on the dirt if I want to watch them train. He said, is it? And so the, a lot of people have been asking, you know, this is more for future sake, you know, because we're, we're kind of reshaping a new a new uh, board level and obviously we're going to have a new CEO. I think some concerns, just for me to relay on to you, is can we start closing that gap of, of um, I mean, obviously we're talking about Essen family days and all sort of that, but just that, that club and the membership sort of reconnecting and, and just feeling like the hangar a little bit is our home, like it, it feels like it's not so much to a lot of members. Mate. I get it and I understand exactly what you're saying, the member saying, because I feel that when I go there, right? And I've played for the footy club, I've given a lot for the footy club and I'm on the board. But there is a there is an, an air of uncomfortable uncomfortability around um those areas within the club. And but 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 that has been noted by the board yep. and by the organisation around what are we going to do and how are we going to make that a more welcoming environment? Because you know if, if we look at you know the three the three pillars that we've you know we're looking to reset you know our members, players, our community. Um, the hangar is critical to that, and 
and having it set up in a way that, you know, you don't just have to go and be there to watch training. If you just want to go and hang out at the coffee shop or you want to go and be there out at at at, at the hangar, um, that you're comfortable to do so um, mm. and you're not imposing yourself into an environment that you don't feel like you should be there because um, as a member, as a supporter, you absolutely should because it's your club. So I, I get that because it's the feeling that I still get when you are in those areas of the yep. cafe, um, that it is, it's very corporate, but, but the board and the club absolutely acknowledge that as well. And we are putting in programs in place to actually make that a welcoming place for our fans and supporters. Brilliant. That's great to hear, man. Um, off the field as well. And I don't want to harp on this subject, but just off the field as well. Some of the, during the year, the corporate um, uh, events that happen um, branded under the Essendon footy club. I, I appreciate that there is always a spot for um, for corporate events and those corporate events aren't cheap and they're used to um, uh, to garner sponsorships and, and revenue and stuff for the club. I guess some of those, some of the feedback that we're getting from members also too, is that some of those are a bit, the tickets to those are events are a bit unachievable um, dollars wise for them. Now I appreciate that there are going to be some that are going to be X amount of dollars a seat because they're more for the catered towards the corporates. Um, but if there was more of those Essendon branded events where the players were just mingling around and, um, and Sheeds was there and Andrew Welsh was there and all that sort of stuff. I think that would go down really well with a bit more of a, an achievable price tag um, placed on it. It probably speaks to the, to the club, to the club days or the family days as well. Mm, yeah. Look, and again, it is, I haven't been there for a long period of time, but it is a common theme within the, within the football club that is coming mm. up around things that we need to fix um, okay. and how, how we can make, those functions more accessible to everyone or, or, you know, at times in invite people to those functions that are, that are um, unaffordable to a lot of people for a variety of reasons. So um, take it as it's these, these comments aren't going into a, a big hole that no one's listening to these, a lot of these topics that you're both talking around and those concerns from the members are really the forefront of what our conversations are at the moment moving forward around Excellent. how can we get back to our members? How can we get back to our community? Um, because at the end of the day, that, that's why I love playing for this club. Warren. Yeah. And 2000s, it was about your members. It was the support. We didn't have some good, great games. We had some good times. But you had this almighty army standing behind you um, that, that will do anything for you as a player. So... So how do we get back to that? We've got to open the place back up and we've got to make sure that our members and supporters feel part of this next era that we're in. Beautiful. Well said, mate. Uh, look, on, on the positives, I think it would be just good if you could just to talk to, uh, I don't know if you've met Brad Scott yet, but just talk to about the coaching appointment, even Dave Barham, uh, the you know, obviously there's been a lot going on behind the scenes, so we probably haven't seen Dave as much, but I think most fans understandably so because he's needs, there's a lot to actually be achieved and we can we can see all those announcements almost weekly um, coming through. So we, we totally appreciate that. But just from your side, uh, what gives you, uh, I guess, optimism about the discussions and at a board level and, and with the president and Brad Scott of – the next few years and, and, and what, five, ten years, what that may look like and, and what gives you optimism and and, uh, and some hope? Yeah, I'll, I'll start off with, with Dave and the board. Um, you know, it has been an extremely challenging period and but one of the most, you know, more compelling reasons I come onto the board was after a number of conversations with Dave um, and, and the reasons why he's involved with the club and not 
for himself. Um, it was because it's for what we all want, and that's for the club to to be great again. And there were some big decisions that needed to be made, and they're uncomfortable and they're challenging. But mm. um, him and the board at the time um, saw that through, and that gave me confidence that there's real stability. And and um, yeah, you know, from even Andrew Muir, who's up for election with myself um, in the upcoming election. He's a super impressive guy who I've, you know, really um, been blown away by his impact that, that he has across. And, you know, he's not there, you know, putting his head up and going and media and doing all sorts of stuff. But the work that he does um, and the football first approach that he, had, that he has is exceptional. And that's consistent across the board. Um, and then, you know, I have I meet um, Brad Scott, who... We we had a fair few blues throughout our day on the field. Um, <laughs> similar type of people on the field that uh, pretty short fuse, but um, uh, quite quite uh, level off the field. Um, his 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 genuine nature, his his warming nature, um, his knowledge around um, football um, teams and success. Um, what he did at the Kangaroos in a time where. You know, most likely those conversations at North Melbourne were more around, you know, the club surviving rather than football performance. And what he did there was exceptional. So um, I've been super impressed with him. Um, the team comes back next next week. Um, there's a lot of players that have been coming through the change rooms, as you'd expect, and lifting some extra weights and running an extra couple of laps to, um, to make some early impressions. But... Yep. Um, I, I think he's going to be fantastic for us for a long period of time. Um, you know, we can't expect you know, next year we, you know, things are going to be rosy and fantastic. We're building a team for a, an era of success, and that's going to take a few years to be able to get that fully in place. So we are we are having eras of success and not a flash in the pan, good game here and then five bad ones. So um, I think I think his appointment was was critical um, to be able to um, move this club forward in the right direction. Not not knowing Brad Scott personally, obviously, but um, knowing his history and and how he how he appears, he looks like a straight shooter, like you've sort of mentioned. Um, he's a straight shooter. I assume that he'll probably be giving very clear instructions and um, uh, and having expectations of the um, of the playing list. I think one of, from a from a fan's point of view, and and especially from my point of view, what I'd love to see in that next year, next in twenty twenty three, is what kind of club are we? So are we a are we a fast handballing, moving the, the ball really quickly, getting it into the forward line fast, or are we a sort of Hawthorne of years gone by where we possess the ball, we're great by foot, we don't give the opposition time with the ball, or are we a what what kind of club are we that we that we can expect and a game plan that we can consistently expect each week? Because I think, as you said earlier, we, we've performed outstandingly in some games over the last few years. We've looked like world beaters. And then sort of the next week, we go back to that chipping around and kicking it sideways and the like game plan. It's just very confusing from a supporter's point of view to see the 180-degree turn often in the style of game that we play. Um, so I guess... I don't suppose you're going to be able to sort of tell me what kind of team we're going to have next year, but that it's an interesting, it's an interesting one. And one thing that I'm really looking forward to doing next year is to see, and, and I agree with you, the expectations aren't that we're going to be playing finals next year. I understand that. Um, but it's just, what are we next year that we can expect a game plan that's consistent 
If it works, it works. If it doesn't, at least we know we've stuck to that game plan and we're learning each week. Yeah, and, and that's what the, the coaches are working through at the moment. Um, obviously, the players aren't, aren't back yet, but the coaches are, and they're working through what that that game style will look like in phases around, you know, what does our 0 to 12, 12 to 24-month programs look like and what are we expecting? Because, um, you know, we want to be predictable, predictable in a way that our players know what, what they're needing mm. to achieve because in a development program, if things aren't going the way that, that you want them to in a game, you can't revert back to let's just hit and hope. We need to be reverting back to, okay, what happens in these scenarios um, that's going to allow us to, to – to, okay, we might lose and it might be a big loss, but yeah. we've been able to implement a game style and strategy because we've actually firstly identified that, that the game's going against us. What are we doing that's helping us build um, some resilience for next time that happens? We don't have six goals in a row kicked on us. We have four. And then yeah. building programs like that is is really the depth um, of of the strategy that the coaches are working through at the moment and, and and looking at our list and some of that exceptional talent that, you know, if we can develop them in a way and, and allow them to to reach the heights that they want to and, and that we we want them to um, as a football club, um, that, that style will be continued to evolve. But it can't be style A one week and style Y the next. Um, yeah. We need to get that 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 balance of consistency um, through through that development program. And just just from a supporter's point of view, we'll we'll accept losses, no problems at all, right? The boys are going out there, they're trying their hardest. It's a new coach, it's a new board, it's almost a whole new club. We we can understand the losses, and we will cheer just as loudly for the losses as we will the wins, mate. But I guess that consistency of game plan and effort, you can see what they're trying to do. It's just new. They've got to learn it. They've got to, it's got to become second nature to them. And then eventually over X amount of games slash years or whatever it is, it's going to get drilled into them and the game plan will start to kick into gear and we should start to see success. That that's from a, from a fan's point of view, you can go along, along on that ride. Yeah. And, 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 and is it, is it that, that when games aren't going against you, what is your first, what is your first protocol effort? Yeah. Right, and, yeah. and 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 have a crack. Just get in, have a crack, and show effort, even though the game's going against you. Mm. Right? That's that's your first step, and that's what's been, I suppose, disappointing from a supporter's perspective. Is that when games haven't been going against us? Well, where's that effort? You know, mm. where's just that grunt just to go right? It's not working for us today. Let's just roll the sleeves up and crash in. Um, and, bang, and, and, bang and into just, a few blokes. Yeah, just yeah. Chuck it. Yeah, chuck yourself with the ball and that sort of stuff. It's yeah. that's that's the kind of a real effort that we want, and it's it's. We would never accuse the boys of the club of not putting in effort. It just seemed that sometimes that they, they didn't quite know where the effort should where be. Where it needed to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Andrew, uh, one thing I wanted to do was actually find out a bit more, Andrew, about Andrew the person. Because uh, uh, as a fan, like when you left Essendon, right, I I must admit, and this is a terrible thing to say, and you can tell me off, I thought he may go into acting, or he may go, <laughs> it just felt like you're that kind of guy and like, oh, who yeah. might be a t-shirt model or something like that. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good stuff, yeah. and, then, <laughs> and then I reckon genuinely some fans going, how did my impression of Andrew Welsh when he left <laughs> football to Andrew Welsh, the unbelievable businessman today, <laughs> Tell me, fill me in that gap. Or like, what happened? And uh, I'm How generally interested to know. Suburb, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I was, yeah, you know, I was, uh, I was bloody lucky. I got to play footy at a terrific club, and um, and I was just generally interested in business um, throughout that that journey as well. Um, but I got to the, um, you, you may not remember, I 
broken dislocated my ankle back in 20 uh 2009 i think it was in a in a in an intra-club practice match it was quite a significant injury that the surgeon's like look you're not going to play again um and as you can appreciate that didn't go down too well and i wanted to prove him wrong and ended up getting back playing seniors in 14 weeks after that injury but it was really the road to nowhere because um the, the ankle just was barely hanging on and then i started having other injuries because of that so i had to probably lift my eyes a bit more and look at post football a lot quicker than I'd, I'd hoped to and got to the end of 2011 and um, heard he was coach and Sean Wellman actually was assistant coach as well and I told him I'm pulling the pin and they're like no 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 we'll get you through no you're not pulling it I was but I was just done um, uh, but there's some great guys coming through that I thought wanted you know should have had an opportunity that I had and I was just going to be a, a list clogger um, and so from there I moved into the the business world, spent a bit of time overseas doing a bit of study and, um, and uh, you know, did some work within the media, which was great because it could keep me involved in footy, but not actually in the day-to-day football club environment. So um, I thoroughly enjoyed that because I felt part of a footy team, you know, with Channel 7, even though, you know, it's commentary, I still felt part of a, yep. a team and got to cover some Essendon games, which is great. And, and that, you know, that, that was for the best part of seven or eight years in the end. And then, Alongside that was was building um, the property business, which um, which has been great. It was really you know, it was a passion of mine, and thankfully I've been able to get some great people in and within the business to help support that. And and then you know wrapped around all that is obviously a you know a family that uh, that supports you and and allows you to do these things that you love doing. And so I've got my wife and three kids now, so um, a lot different from my playing days. I've got a Young fella who's three, uh, Roy, and then Sadie's six, and Maya's eight. So um, yeah. when I'm not working and I'm not um, involved with uh, the footy club, I'm I'm out chasing kids around the park and taking them to swimming lessons and all the stuff that I should be doing <laughs> as a dad in my downtime. Yeah, no, and that's just in case you had nothing to do. Um, that's Andrew, right. Just yeah, a yeah, that's director whatever. of the Essendon <laughs> Footy Club as well, mate. Just yeah, in case exactly. you got nothing to do. I'm just going to be good at time management. That's that's, that's what my wife says. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> I've always I've always wanted to ask you, Andrew, about uh, the line in the famous line in the sand game, Essendon Hawthorne, um, because. For some reason, I always have vision in my head of yourself uh, because you're one of the first, well, from TV footage that seemed to go in um, uh, kind of, I guess. Too fast. Can you just talk us through how that, you know, just that, the moments leading up to it? Because uh, obviously Hawthorne, it was like the halftime Obviously, words have been said in their changing room. It sounds like Dermy had a few words, and a, yeah. uh, and 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 they came out, you know, obviously wanting to to have some fisticuffs. But um, uh, what actually happened? Uh, and, and you know, and you know, just talk us through it. Well, I think that they're always fiery games against the Hawks, and um, I mean, it was starting to heat up, and you could feel it out on the ground. Um, I, I was when the actual when the blue started, I was playing on Angelo Lekas, um, and he was, I think I might have only been 20 or something, 21, and he was coming towards the end, more experienced player, and this blue started on the wing, and Angelo sort of put his arm across me to sort of say, don't worry about going in, and then <laughs> then I saw Vandenberg just going hard on the knees in the back of McPhee, yeah. and I was like, hey, you can stay here, I'm in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I bolted, and you can probably see from the footage, Scotty, which what you're talking. I actually ran past the fight because I was. It was probably the fastest I ever ran, to be honest, because <laughs> I wasn't the biggest fella out there. But I ran past it, and I was trying to clean up Vanderberg to stop him kneeing um, McPhee, I think it was. 
And then I jumped back into it and it was the first time on a footy field where I'm standing there and there's like, there's bombs being thrown. Normally yeah. there's upper punches, but there are bombs and there's blood over everyone. And I'm there, you know, in front of the great Southern stand and just copping punches, giving punches. I was going to say, did you, did you wear any? Did you no, wear well, any? Yeah, I wore a couple. I got a couple, but I, yeah. I wore a couple of real good ones. Um, and and missed a couple of high, you know, could have been in some some sort of trouble. Big trouble there. Bombs <laughs> did hit me, but um, but yeah, it was it was a real tension. And then I remember I went off. <clears throat> the game went on, and then I went off to the bench. And you may remember the footage of Campbell Brown's coming off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doing that. So I, I played stateside Vic Metro with Campbell, and we get along quite well. But on a footy field, we used to get in a fair few dust ups with each other. Um, so he was running off. And I remember saying to him, I'll get you before the end of the game. Um, and then when he was coming off from the blow, I was sitting on the bench and I had a bit of a cut up. I started laughing at him, like pointing. like, And that's that footage of him pointing. He's pointing to me. Oh, he's and he, pointing at you. Okay. And then he starts laughing because it's like, you know. We, we, yeah, it's Walshie. We I know. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, like he's real angry and then he smiles. It's like, yeah, we, we yeah, okay, we, we're probably going a bit far here now. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you ever think post, I mean, it's funny because like, Years on, right, when, when Hawthorne fans or Hawthorne talk about it, it's like, oh, you, you know, it was a great kind of moment for the club. Uh, did you always used to think, like, hang a sec, we kicked the next nine goals after that yeah, fight. Yeah. <laughs> we actually yeah. smashed you. Yeah, but <laughs> then they come back and go, yeah, you set us up to win four premierships after that. And so I was like, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we what do we say? We, we won the battle, but they won the war in the end, unfortunately, with premierships. Uh, but it was, yeah, it, it still gets a lot of airtime now. It was uh, – it was something at the time. I think we 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 all got fined a lot of money, um, and we had to pay it before the we played the next week, or else we weren't allowed to p- play. Oh um, wow! So he me going to my old savings account and pulling out thousands <laughs> of bucks for me. Wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> but uh, in a situation that's interesting, do you have to actually pay that out of your own yeah, account? Pay, like, yeah, just, yeah, yep. The club yep. just doesn't sort of take nah. it out of your match payments or anything. It's no, just... no, we had to. Uh, no, we, we definitely had to pay it. We, I, Bloody hell! It destroyed me. It was like it was. Oh man, that was yeah. my end of season trip funds. Just went down to Google <laughs> with a couple of hail marys. <laughs> need a, a GoFundMe page. Yeah, back then. <laughs> yeah. I wish they had them then. <laughs> <laughs> hey mate, did, we like to ask this question: Who's the um, who's the most talented footballer you've played with? Oh, most talented. Um, we asked we asked Sheeds that question, and he said, "Who's, who's the 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 one you the most talented you coach?" And he said, uh, "Dean Rioli." Yeah, who's yeah. The... I, I reckon the person on the football field that I felt if they were out there and the ball was in their hands, it was conversion, and it was which was Matthew Lloyd. Um, okay. I just felt whenever the ball was in doubt and you'd kick it long, he would be there. Um, you know, whenever he got it in his hands, more often than not, he would convert. Um, yeah. And that's a that's a pretty powerful tool to have in. There's guys obviously like Herdy and Cyril Dino Rioli. Yeah. These guys are brilliant, but from a 100% confidence of a guy that's on the field with you, that when it was near them and if they got hold of it, it was you know, nine times out of ten a positive outcome. And if your positive outcome is a goal um, – yeah, that's that's pretty brilliant for me. Yeah. It's to interesting. This day, I, we thank Frio. Sorry, to, to this day we thank yeah, Frio. Yeah, yeah, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> thank him to death. Yeah, they did that well, <laughs> look, we're we're almost running out of time. I, I did forget to ask just something. I was I was initially going to uh, ask you at the start of the show with the Dean Rioli uh, announcement. Um, can I just say how much that meant to Essendon fans? And and I, I think for me is. The Indigenous 
um, community aspect that Essendon was kind of really founded on from the kind of the 90s onwards. Like it was such a connection between the communities uh, and you felt like Indigenous players wanted to come to Essendon and uh, and uh, I hope I'm right and saying it feels like the club's going, yep, we needed to address yeah, how we work with up north and around Australia or even Tiwi Bombers, um, how we have a, a connection within, within our own board level um, and how we can work with, you know, you may have a situation of Wanganeen to, to Davies, Mankara uh, and and Walla all, on the, on the, all suddenly on the list. So is that something that's been talked about saying, look, we probably need to find ourselves again in that area to, to get back to where we were? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you look at clubs that led, um, uh, you know, the programs for Indigenous um, groups coming into the football club or community programs, it was Essendon and Kevin Sheedy. It was it was him. He he really marched forward with that, and the club got on board. Um, but but you know, for a variety of reasons, again, we we lost our way with that, um, and it wasn't you know wasn't. You know, it's club specific. You know, COVID again created some real issues to have that real integration from a community perspective. So um, <clears throat> we sit here now, and it's not a token piece. It is genuine that we need to re-engage with with the impact that this footy club can have within the Indigenous community across all of Australia. And um, and then when and and Dean's mentioned this in the press recently around how it come about. Dave Barham and I went and caught up with Dean and. Um, and Dean is big about the community, the Indigenous community, um, and he's a fantastic guy. He's very level, um, you know, in his, his approach, um, and he's a real warming personality that that we think um, is going to help us be really genuine in how we go about this reintegration with the with the Indigenous community and making sure that from a footy club, the men's and women's Indigenous players that come in are really supported because that's something that Dino speaks about with Longy um, when, when when Dino come in, um, that all our players feel that from a, 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 a an in-club perspective. But what are these programs we've got to re-engage with, with the Indigenous community and, and, and really... Um, get back to to what we were great at within those communities and providing the support that that we saw was was helping them through through school through health through welfare through yeah. career pathways um it, it's a real focus on us um, with us to, to to be getting back to that work that kevin sheedy you know started uh, all those years ago and and dino is going to be a big part of that yeah i think also too just from a fan's point of view with regards to um the, the, the history of um, Essendon's involvement with the Indigenous Australian footballers, um, be they men or women, um, it's a point of, for me, I know it's a point of pride um, in supporting the Essendon Footy Club um, and I know what what we've done for Indigenous Australians um, and when they play footy. I, I don't think, from, from my perspective at least, I don't think we've... I don't think we've sort of forgotten about it. I don't think we've sort of lost our way on it. I just think there's more that we could be doing. I think, um, like Scotty said, we've got a whole new um, uh, batch of Indigenous kids coming in, the Davies boys and Mankara and Walla's going to come back to the club who's an experienced head um, in that area as well. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the club doing what you say you're going to be doing because it is a real personal point of pride for me in the, in the Essendon Footy Club that we are doing not just 
playing Indigenous players for their talent, but like you said, giving them career pathways and support while they're here. So I, it's just a it's just a small thing. I mean, we 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 support the club each week, but it is also nice to hear about the likes of Waller could have gone to Frio, but he came back to Essendon because he's going to help the Davy boys and he's going to help Mankara and he's going to help um, anybody at the club who wants to have a chat with him. I assume, but um, that's a yeah, it's a real point of pride for me um, in the Essendon Footy Club, our our history with Indigenous footballers. Yeah, we, we we know it's an important part of our member and supporter base and, and, and that's an important part of us. So so there is going to be a greater focus on it, which is which is going to be great for everyone. Yep. Beautiful. Now just coming up, obviously, uh can, just to can you just explain to fans just as we as we wrap up, the AGM's coming up and now it is a when will voting actually be available um for fans? Do, or you might not you might not good, good, if, good. Question, mate. I'm sure if you go to uh, EssendonFC.com.au, it might uh, be able to put you or <laughs> or you'll get a, a ballot paper coming through. But yeah, the um, there are two candidates up. It's obviously myself, um, uh, new to the board, um, and and also Andrew Muir. So um, yeah. There will be um, correspondents coming out from the, the footy club as, as well as there's, um, led to believe, numerous other candidates that are, are putting um, their hand up, which is great. Com- competition is great because we just want the, the best people um, and the right people there um, with, within the board. And But what I can say, as I said earlier, with you know, myself, a lot of the supporters know me from my playing days and, and, and so forth, but... Um, you know, Andrew Muir, who's also up, is an exceptional person that I've seen, um, you know, really provide some great guidance on the board within the short period that I've been there. And, um, you know, he's, he, he's a fantastic person, I think, for fantastic reasons. Um, and, and it was comforting to see even Barry Young today just, um, yes, he, he did officially with, with withdraw from nomination, but just to him hear him say, hey, you know, I'm, uh, you know, with, with yourself and Andrew Muir, just having the sense like, not that he's not required, but like he's happy with 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 who's there now and and kind of endorsing that. So that was kind of nice, um, I guess, for yourself and Andrew to to sort of see that from a former player. Yeah, and then Barry's a great person, um, and 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 he wants what's best for the club, and he's clearly done his due diligence due diligence over recent times, and yeah, he he knows me, um, and he's done that with Andrew Muir, and 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 he's put a you know in me a club first decision that that you know he doesn't want to be running. Um, at, at this stage this year because he's totally comfortable with the, the two candidates are up, which I think yep. is, you know, a, a reflection, positive reflection on Barry, but but also one that, um, you know, we you know, we do have the right people there to be taking um, the club forward in the direction that we all want it to be. Maybe when we last sort of one last comment, Andrew, I wanted to say to you, you, you made a comment about, um, I forget which media outlet it was, but you made a comment about, I'm not here to sort of get a, a badge on my jacket or um, to sort of, uh, walk back into a club as and just sort of walk around the joint and enjoy myself. I'm here to get the, the, the club back to where um, it needs to be and where it should be as one of the powerhouses of the of um, the AFL. Refreshing to hear, mate. Refreshing. Um, I think that's from a from a supporter's point of view. Um, th- that's what we're after. The I've said this on the podcast a number of times and I get roasted for it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> unfortunately, mate. With the Essendon Footy Club and you coming in as a director and um, the new board and new um, CEO when they arrive, I'm sorry, mate, as a supporter's point of view, our expectations of the Essendon Footy Club are higher than the other club, some other clubs, most other clubs, where, where, like you said, we've got the best facilities, we've got a great list, we've got excellent football brains and business brains. We, there is no way we should be finishing where we are at the moment. So to hear 
And even with Mason Redmond, when we interviewed him, he said, mate, and Red Mason's known as, as being a larrikin, as being a funny bloke. He couldn't have been more opposite in our in our um, interview. He's, I think he's done that for a period of time now, and he's a bit jack of losing. So he's <laughs> uh, he's head down and rear end up for, for Mason. And it's really good to hear that from you as well, is that, that there is a real head down, bum up attitude at the Essendon Footy Club to get us back to where we want to be. So I want to thank you for that. No, I appreciate it. And that's uh, that's exactly what I'm here for, to, to help 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 do what I can to build this club back up. So thanks for the yeah. comment. Thank yeah. you so much, Andrew. Uh, look, it was such a privilege to, to catch up with you. One, uh, being a, a fan and former player, like we actually, we I remember we discussing yourself last year. You, I think business was very uh, <laughs> prominent in your area, but it's so good to actually have you on. And no matter what the where it's life is at, and you're running for the border, it's just great to have you on. A great Essendon person. Uh, look, uh, so we can't thank you enough for giving us. Sorry, it's been forty-five minutes, way over time. But uh, but we nah, can't. It's been, it's, it's been good having you on, fellas. Appreciate your uh, support of the club, and and you know, and it's uh, has been a tough period. But I'm, I'm I'm here to make sure that I can do what I can to to bring that that joy back to uh, to our supporters and members. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, that is what you commonly call a really great interview. We uh, we enjoyed every second of that um, from Welshie. Um, we didn't actually ask whether or not we could call him Welshie, but we've, 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 we've watched him for probably we're best friends now, so. games. We're best mates with the guy. Um, we're global and trending, so we can call him Welshie now. So, um, a really good interview. And, um, Andrew, if you're listening, mate, I know you're a listener. Um, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, fantastic stuff. So I, I think you know, if you're a fan here, pretty much a lot of the things you probably wanted to hear. And, and look, you know, we would say this to anyone, it's all got to be now actions. Uh, so everyone... Yeah, you know, that's that's the key. So, you know, we're, we're, you know, I think we're a very guarded fan base at the moment going, yeah, let's just see it. And, and then we'll really congratulate you. Um, so it looks, you know, but I, I sense... You could tell by the way he's we do did it through Zoom. The way he's looking at us, it looked like he had red in his eyes, like he wanted things to change. Uh, so you could actually feel the passion coming across the actual screen um, when you're talking to him. So uh, yeah, it was just a just so thankful and just a it's just a great interview all around. Yeah, absolutely. We really hope you guys um, learned something um, from the interview, maybe that you didn't know that the club was doing. Um, but also, I think we, we really hope that you take away from that interview, because I'm sure we have, um, that, and I think Andrew addressed it early in the interview, that the pain that we had to go through has been done. The Band-Aid's been ripped off. Um, it's There's new new thought processes, new people in, in, uh, in place. Um, Dean Rioli joining um, with his uh, business acumen and life acumen um, and uh, perspective from the Indigenous um, side of things is great. So it's all the boxes are being ticked, right? Like I think there's, I think you can, if you look at it, all the boxes are being ticked and now you've just got to sit there and wait for it to materialize. And Mm. it's not going to happen inside of six weeks. We're not going to beat Geelong and just thump everybody. It's going to take a while, but I really, I really think the message is very, very, very clear from board level all the way down to the boot stutters. And that is the consistency of performance and effort 
and game plan is what we need to um to build, like Andrew said, build for sustained success. Yep. Not just yep. two or three games in a row, not just three out of the last nine games or something like that, not even four out of the last five or something like that. Sustained performance over many years. So really encouraging. Yeah, look, and uh, just uh, for the sake of transparency, um, uh, former director in 2008, ironically, were Andrew Welsh's period, uh, Ben Dunn uh, is also um, nominating for the position. So he actually reached out to us and asked if he could come on. I think, so we've said yes in the, you know, we, we, we want to be fair and, and give everyone oh, a mate, voice. Uh, yep. All, all candidates are welcome. Absolutely. I mean, I know Welshie's Welshie's Welshie and we love to have him on the, on the show, but we want the best people um, on the board of the Essendon footy club. More than happy to give him some time as well. Yeah. So Ben, probably this time next week, Ben, Ben will be on the show. You, you can hear his thoughts on the club, um, him being a former director. He's obviously very knowledgeable at Essendon Football Club. So I think that'll be a really interesting interview and uh, and to go into detail about how he's thinking and what his thoughts are. So um, I just wanted to highlight that. But yep. really, that's it for us. Uh, thank you again Absolutely. for joining us. Uh, thank you so much for all your support and all the encouragement we've been getting. It's yep. been It's been probably couple of our biggest episodes in the last couple of months with with Redmond and a few other guys and and so we've yeah so great we, support we want to we want to just keep building the show and keep getting the right people on so you can hear from the right people and, and get all your information that's correct and Absolutely. from and direct we, from the source yeah from a patreon point of view we've got this up for a few days and then we're going to release that to um to everybody else but we do have some really good um patreon specific content coming up I think you'll notice if you've checked out the Facebook page. Um, uh, Mateus Filippo, of, yeah. Yeah, we're in, we're um, sort of uh, starting off some one-on-one -on -one interviews from Scotty. Think sort of Ray Martin and, <laughs> <laughs> and those kind of guys. Scotty with a clipboard and perfect hair, just sitting opposite people. So tell, tell me about your childhood. What? what no. So <laughs> Scotty's going to start off a number of one-on-one -on -one interviews um, called Our Next Guest um, with Scooter. And he's going to sit down with, um, yeah, um, footy personalities, Essendon um, personalities, upcoming draft picks, which is great. Uh, Mateus Philippou, probably going to go top five, unless I'm I'm wrong, Scotty. Uh, yeah, top ten, definitely top ten. Yeah, so top he's 10, ranked, definitely. ranked. So he's definitely been linked to us, but it's 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 still unknown what we actually think. Yeah, you know how it's the, a bit of a weird one mm. this year. So yeah. he's very Bonton Pelly like, uh, but he's 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 you know if you did an average, he's probably around the eight mark. In the okay. in, in the phantom drafts, but uh, but he's a reason I've got him on because he's a very intriguing person. Um, okay. So uh, he has incredible self belief. Uh, so much so that they someone asked him outside of Ashcroft, who's the best player in the draft? He just said, "Oh, it's me." So uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that young man. So uh, he his self confidence is very very high in in his own. In he obviously discusses that his goal is to be a high-impact player. Um, he wants to be like Bontempelli. He thinks he can be, and and he has no yeah no issues with not worrying about his his talent. He believes heavily in his talent. Um, so uh, I find him an intriguing player just to listen to. So I thought I'm going to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him myself, and just Beautiful. we can do it a bit of a, an Eston lens on it. Like, well, what happens if we recruited you, and what yeah, you know, yeah. how, Where, where's your preferred? How position, do you see maybe? the Eston Football Club? You know, yeah. from recent times, and so we'll, we'll ask some uh, some intriguing questions. So that will be exclusively just for the Patreon. Yeah, 
So yeah, you're going to be doing that. You're going to be doing that a lot more. Most of Scotty's um, one-on-one interviews will be delivered um, directly to you guys um, exclusively as our Patreons. And then, of course, um, leading up to the New Year's, we'll be um, checking in with some some regular content for you guys. And then back in the in the New Year, we kick off again for the Patreons. We get our um, team selection show and our post-game reaction show. Um, training so, reports in the off season. Yeah. Right, yeah. Training reports in the off seasons as well. So um, there's some really good content and some, uh, some interesting stuff coming out for you, Patreons. And we, again, we appreciate uh, all the uh, support that you show us. Yep. Just, just uh, $3 a month uh, to join Patreons for, but, and for all our shows that happen over the whole month. So it's just three bucks. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's and less than a coffee. So easy. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, and truly less than a coffee. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> But when this when this hits the uh, the the open market, guys, yeah, three bucks. Patreon.com. Um, the lunchtime catch up is the address where you can come and sign up. You get these shows early, and you also will be getting some uh, exclusive, uh, some yeah, some exclusive uh, content with Scotty's one on ones. Thanks, everyone. Uh, have a great rest of the week, uh, and we'll yes, talk indeed. Soon. Friday tomorrow, finish it off strong weekend. I believe we're going out to dinner, some tasty Asian food. Um, which will go down like a treat. And then I might be seeing if I can murder a golf ball on a Sunday. So I think my weekend is perfectly set. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, uh, I've got, like you said, we've got lovely Vietnamese on, on Saturday Ooh, night. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, which we love. So, uh, And then I've got nothing Sunday and I'm very happy about it. Roger that. Yes, <laughs> so. look, the, the golf is quite energetic for me and uh, it may or may not be happening yet, but I might be uh, attempting to play golf on Sunday. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We, we really hope you enjoyed the show tonight and we'll talk to you soon. Look, just a quick one. Sorry, I know that was a okay. wrap-up. Just a quick one. Just look out in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be auctioning off a James Hurd. Ah, yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So we do we – do, just recent times, we've got access to a signed James Hurd jersey with – Certificate of Authenticity. And it's framed, uh, ready to go. Uh, it will be limited to, unfortunately, people in Melbourne because uh, it'll be a, it'll be a, the winner needs to pick it up. Uh, but we do live in a central part of Melbourne. So that's the yep. good news. Uh, just off of freeways, there's even better news. So, um, but yeah, so look out for that. There'll be an auction coming off coming uh, through Twitter and Facebook on our page. Yep. So look out for that and, in and you know, be in it to win it. Absolutely. It's a great jumper. We uh, we scored um, uh, of Herdy's certificate of authenticity. It's the real deal. So we'll be popping that up on the uh, on the Facebook page soon uh, for an auction. Perfect Christmas present. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of the week.